0: A reading from Proverbs. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven, seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servant girls. She calls from the highest places in the town, you that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live, and walk in the way of insight. The word of the Lord. A reading from Ephesians. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to the God, God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of the Lord.
1: The Holy Gospel today comes from the book of St. John, the sixth chapter, beginning with the 51st verse. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. My dearest siblings, grace and peace to you from God in whom we live and move and have our being. Amen. Um, it's a weird text, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could kind of understand the frustration of the religious leaders who hear Jesus standing there saying these things. I mean, imagine hearing this text without any context whatsoever. Imagine hearing this for the first time not knowing anything about communion. Jesus is sitting here talking about whoever eats my flesh drinks my blood, whoever eats me. I mean, you'd really think that Christianity was a religion centered on cannibalism, if you didn't know any better, right? Um, it's graphic, almost, as Jesus is explaining this, this whole uh, John chapter 6 about uh, uh, the living bread of Christ. Um, you know, it was We know now that Jesus is talking about his crucifixion and and his crucifixion's connection to communion, to the bread and the wine, the body and the blood. We know that in our own context growing up with this. John's community knew this. When John was writing this down, communion was already an established uh, practice of followers of Jesus. Um, But honestly, as Jesus uses this very colorful language in our gospel text, this I mean, over and over again, eats my flesh, drinks my blood, eats me. Jesus is using this colorful language because this was a very common way to talk about things in antiquity. It might seem a little foreign to us, but for people in this time to to give such colorful language, especially with with metaphors, was kind kind of a common way to drive points home. And frankly, we, we do have this in our language today. Um, imagine Lake McDonald at Glacier National Park, which when you think of Glacier National Park, this is the most famous lake there. It's absolutely gorgeous, all right? And some of you may not know about it, go home and Google it, it's, it's stunning. But imagine, you know, you've got a friend who goes to Lake McDonald and they come and, and you've never been there before, you've never seen it. And you're like, oh yeah, how, you know, how was it? What was it like? And they said, well, the water was clear, the sky was blue, and the trees were green. Okay, I guess, right? That doesn't sound super exciting. But imagine instead they say, oh my gosh, the lake. It looked like it was glistening with thousands and thousands of crystals. The green all over the trees was this vibrant, vibrant green. You look up at the sky and it was this deep blue that almost draws you into it and the air was so crisp you could feel it in the deepest part of your lungs and there were these moments where we stood still and you can hear the wind singing as it moved through the trees does that make you want to go to lake mcdonald right we, we do we give colorful language to things because we want to try and recreate that experience for people who haven't been there, people who didn't experience what you experienced, and you wanna try and bring it to life as much as possible. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing with this bread monologue in John chapter six. And, and Jesus is doing this because he's trying to make a very strong point This way of life of ours, this faith of ours, it is not passive, it is not intellectual, it is not only theological or just based on doctrine and dogma. This way of life of ours, at its core, is experiential. Jesus is trying to engage the senses of his hearers then, and he's trying to engage the senses of us now, because this life, is experiential. Communion, we celebrate communion every Sunday. And communion is not something we spend a lot of time talking about when we get to that part of the service. It's something we almost entirely engage with our senses. We feel it, we taste it, we smell it. We can feel it go into our bodies. It is experiential, it's colorful, it's meaningful. The crucifixion, which our theology is tied to, is such a visceral thing that we go through every year when we get to Lent and Easter, understanding what Jesus went through leading up to his trial, going to Golgotha, being hung up on the cross. All of this to say is that we are called to a ministry of praxis, A ministry of action, a ministry that engages the senses. We are not so much called to a ministry of belief, but a ministry of praxis and action that engages our senses, a ministry that that connects us, viscerally connects us to the world around us. I mean, think about when we worship here in this space. Even though we are in a building, a sanctuary, we worship in creation. Notice how the light comes and floods this sanctuary, not just these artificial lights, but how this light so beautifully comes in through these windows and gives such a serene, luminous look to this space. We sing with our voices and no matter how good or bad your voice is, when it collectively comes together, we all sound good. We can hear the music and we are moved by it. We taste the bread and the wine. We don't just talk about it. We feel its consistency in our hands, in our mouth, as it goes down into our stomachs. And we are moved in our hearts to the depths of our souls by it all. I was gonna say something about how amazing the sermons are, but I thought that would be too much. We don't love God in our minds only. We are called to love God by serving others, by stewarding this planet We are called to engage with people, with our communities, to learn from them, to love them, to forgive and be forgiven, to help out in our communities when we can. We can feel and taste and hear and speak to all of these experiences. And and this is why. This is the main reason why, and this is the part that I really want to drive home for all of us today. Experience leads to solidarity with god's creation i'm going to say that again experience leads to solidarity with god's creation experience leads to solidarity solidarity with the created world around us with this planet that we are destroying it leads to solidarity with people, but especially those who are in, are in need, who are, are marginalized, who are pressed. The least of these, as Jesus calls it. As Jesus says, when you do this to the least of these, you do this unto me. Because experience calls us into solidarity with God's creation. But especially those who Jesus focused on. When we are connected to the world around us and to the people around us, we encounter directly the divine because we experience it we can talk about the divine as much as we want i could i could stand up here and give as many sermons we could do adult forums and bible studies we could talk endlessly but the experience of the divine the part that resonates with us that lives inside of us that fills us that moves us. That happens when we encounter the divine in these experiences, in this solidarity with the world and people around us. And it is in those moments, in that solidarity, in that connection, that we get to see God's love mirrored back to us. But if we only worship, if worship is the only expression of our faith, or if our faith is passive or self-centered, only focusing on salvation for me, then we rob ourselves of this connection. We rob ourselves of these experiences. We rob ourselves of this solidarity, and we rob ourselves of this realization of God's love mirrored back to us. And truth be told everything I'm talking about right now. That's a part of who we are at Bethania. We are a church of experience. We are a church of praxis. Our ministries are versatile for this reason. Our ministries are not only centered in Sunday worship this one hour on Sunday, but our ministries, they fill up our weeks. They engage our senses. I mean, think about our food distribution, our our brown bag packing that's happening next week, the angel wrap that we'll do in December, the produce table that's going on right now, quilting and and the, the personal care kits and the school kits. Just pull yourself back for a moment and imagine how your senses are engaged in these ministries. This is not just about evangelizing or talking, it's about touching It's about packing food for people. It's about encountering God in them. Think about all of the relationships that have been developed with the Latinx community here in the valley that we didn't have prior to this food distribution and how meaningful those relationships are now. Or the brown bags packing food for seniors who then end up sending notes back to us saying thank you. Or the the angel Christmas wrap and... The the intention that each of us goes through in wrapping those presents and buying those presents and just think of each child and their senses as they open it and see that gift for themselves and how much they light up the produce table and the planting of that food, the harvesting of that food and the trading of that food and the ministry that it helps or the quilting. I mean, I can't even fathom just all of that tedious little work that I see our quilters doing but then I also can't help but think about that senseful moment when those quilts wrap around the shoulders of someone who has just experienced some kind of a disaster and needs some sense of hope. Or even our ministries that are not, not so much about helping others, our soup supper, our, our fast party, our end-of-the-summer barbecue, which I know we can't have this year, but these ministries that bring our senses together through food, through fun and frivolity, through conversation, that help us experience this place as a community, to develop relationships with each other, to encounter the divine in one another and see that encounter come back to us. Or with our children, like Vacation Bible School and the Halloween Party, You never see true magic until you see it through the eyes of a child, right? We have a ministry of praxis here at Bethania, and that's for a reason. Because our faith is not just centered in worship. It's not just centered in coming to God and making sure that we are right with God. But it's about encountering God in the world around us and experiencing heaven here, and now, and that only happens through praxis, through experience, through solidarity with God's creation. Now, just like this gospel text today is weird, the idea of a faith centered on praxis can be kind of weird too. That's not an idea that the church, the big capital C church, has embraced for a long time, and I, I think to its own detriment. But we definitely embrace. Praxis here at Bethania. However, I'm not entirely sure we know why. We just kind of do it sometimes, because that's what we've always done. But again, this point, folks, experience creates solidarity with God's creation. There's no part of this sermon where I'm trying to get you to do something new. Rather, I'm trying to see what you've always done, but maybe with new eyes. So I pray that that as we move forward in our ministries, the ministries that we've always done from this point onward, I pray that we can not just do them knowing that their benefit is for people and that they help, but maybe also that we can immerse ourselves in the experience of those ministries, that we can be present in the food that we help prepare for other people, the presents that we buy for children who aren't expecting them, the blankets that wrap around the shoulders of those in need, the personal care kits that help keep people clean and the school kits that help keep kids in school. Or even those small moments where we come together and laugh with each other, lift each other up, converse with each other, connect with each other, experience divine community in this sacred space. We do all of this so that we can see how connected we are to God's world around us, and ultimately so that we can see God's love
0: mirrored back to us. Amen.